Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Glad you guys are here at the Harbor. If we have not met, my name is Brian, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm joined with one of my best friends in the entire world, Jackson, who is also one of the pastors here. He's our youth pastor. So give it up for Jackson. And uh, I want to let you know that tonight we are wrapping up a series that we have been journeying through for a little bit um, on apologetics. And we had an amazing apologetics conference, which uh, Jackson basically organized and and put on. And so uh, he did an incredible job. Our team did an incredible job. But we had a great apologetics conference back in uh, the beginning of March. And since then, we have been uh, kind of studying and going deeper in this subject of apologetics. And in the book of Colossians, it talks about this. It says, walk in wisdom among the outsiders. And by outsiders, he just simply means people that don't know Jesus yet. And so we want to operate with wisdom. And he says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. In other words, use words that are wise to talk and to communicate with everybody and to communicate God's love with people. And so uh, our apologetic series has been us saying, okay, we want to learn some stuff. We want to be equipped. And we want to realize that our faith is not crazy. Um, it, it does take a step of faith to be a Christian, but you don't have to check your brain at the door. You don't have to act like uh, all ration and all logic is thrown out of the window because, in fact, um, our faith is a, a logical and it is a reasonable faith. And so that's what we've been learning. But as I thought about our apologetic series, I texted a bunch of people in the harbor and probably even some of you and asked the question, what would you like to know during our apologetics talk? And one of the biggest responses was, um, look, I I love studying apologetics. I love studying God's word, but I don't know how to have a conversation with someone uh, who uh, about my faith. I, I, I hear pastors or I hear different people say, You should really talk to people about your faith. You should really evangelize. You should really tell people about Jesus. And so probably, how many in here have heard at least somebody in church tell them that they should tell other people about Jesus? Raise your hand. Hopefully a lot of people. Okay. So that's that. People say you should really tell people about Jesus. But then it's like, I I don't know how to do it. And so uh, one of the things that uh, I love about my friend Jackson is that he loves telling people about Jesus, and he's very good at telling people about Jesus. And so what we wanted to do is just have a conversation about that. And so uh, tonight is actually going to be probably pretty informal. Um, We're going to have a conversation, and we also are going to open it up for some questions. And so I think that there is a number on the screen that you guys can text. There is that beautiful number on the screen. And so at any time, you guys can just leave that up in the back. If you guys want to text that number um, and just ask practical questions, please feel free. But, uh, and then also, we may at times just kind of like have people raise their hands and you can ask a question. So, Jackson, here's what we'll do to start with. By the way, are you guys ready? You guys good to go for this conversation? Okay, cool. Awesome. So I'm going to start with this, Jackson. Um, I I was thinking about it, and I think there's probably three groups of people in this room. Number one, um, there are people who are excited to share their faith and who feel like, you know what, I'm ready to talk about Jesus. Um, And maybe you would even say, like, I I feel like I have the gift of evangelism, or I I just love telling people about God. And so uh, if that's you, you probably don't need to be convinced about it, okay? You don't need to be like, like, like it's like, man. Uh, So then I think there's another group that would say, I really 
love Jesus, and I think this is a lot of people in this room, I really love Jesus, I want to talk about Jesus, I just don't know how or I'm scared to do it. And then maybe there's some people who would say, I'm not a Christian, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus, or I'm kind of skeptical that we should even evangelize. So for people who would say, I am hesitant, or I am afraid, or I am skeptical, or I don't know, um, what would you even say, just to begin with, Jackson, to even just say, this is why it's a good thing that we should talk about Jesus and share our faith? I, I think I would affirm you in your fear. Right, to begin with. Um, you know, I was thinking about it in that evangelism isn't hard at all. Evangelism's extremely easy. And I think that as we talk about it tonight, you're like, after the, after tonight, I believe that. And some of the things when I heard your heart in evangelism, I was like, whoa, those, that's going to make us freed up to do this in our soul. Like, we're going to have peace about it. So, so I think at the conclusion of tonight, we're going to be like, okay, it's easy. What I don't think we can escape, however, is the fact that it, I think it's very intimidating. Um, this is extremely countercultural. Um, this is, uh, to cultural standards, this is not polite and this is incorrect. And that has flowed into almost 50% of um, Christ followers as well, that they would agree that it's inappropriate to share your faith in spite of them claiming to have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and probably are real believers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so, so to your question, um, yeah, I, I think I would just affirm you, um, but just uh, also encourage you that um, while we might not be able to escape the intimidation aspect of it, I think that as we conclude tonight, um, man, I think that, um, <clears throat> yeah, the, the practical way and how we do it is going to be achieved. Yeah, and I do think tonight is going to be encouraging for you, and I think it's going to be very helpful for you. And here's what I would say, and maybe there are some people here who are Christians, and you would say, I don't even know if I'm convinced that it's a good thing to share your faith. Or maybe you're here, and you're, you're not a Christian, and you would say, like, I feel like I got invited to, like, a multi-level, mar multi-level marketing conference where, like, people are getting trained yeah, to, like, yeah. sell you doTERRA oils or something like that. So yeah, it's yeah. possible that that's what you think. Um Here's what I would say, and I saw, I saw an Instagram that I thought was just super interesting. It was a non-Christian, and the non-Christian said, I'm an atheist. I don't believe anything that Christians say. But he said this. He said, if, if you as Christians believe what you say you believe, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, and that there are only two destinations, heaven and hell, and that we must put our faith in Jesus in order to be saved. And again, the atheist said, I think that's a crazy thing. But what, I, what he was saying is, if you believe that, you should be telling everybody. And I thought that was really profound. Like, it's like, man, what a powerful thing that it's like, man, if I really believe this, like, it should be a burning message on my heart. And for you, if you're here and you're a skeptic, or maybe you would say, I don't know if I follow Jesus yet, I hope you hear our heart to say, like, we really do believe in the love of God. But we also really believe in the reality of heaven and hell. By the way, uh, at uh, Calvary, uh, during the next two weekends, we're going to be doing a series called Heaven and Hell. What does the Bible say about heaven? What does the Bible say about hell? And so you definitely want to come to those things to, to learn more about that. But Jackson, I want to I kind of start with this question. Um, what, how would you define evangelism? Just define evangelism really quick. I think it's telling other people about the way of Jesus. Um, 
and evangelism doesn't have to mean sharing the gospel. Because I think something that you encourage me in is like, I can invite someone to church, and that's evangelism, and that's very good. That's very, very good. It's very good to invite someone to church. I think that hardcore evangelists kind of like throw shade at that and would say that that's not the gospel because it isn't. Like the gospel is Jesus Christ came to save sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We either have to um, repent and be prepared to stand before him. And um, every time I evangelize, I don't necessarily always extend an invitation. I don't always share the law per se. So I think that with evangelism, we're having spiritual conversations. And I think that ideally, of course, and we're going to help you get there, we're going to show you how to navigate it towards and swing it towards a conversations of um, asking them what do they think about Jesus. So evangelism and sharing the gospel isn't necessarily the same thing. If we, but if inviting people to the church is good, and I think that's a form of evangelism, yeah. it's just not sharing the gospel. Yeah, okay. And, and I think that to really free you up, Sharing the gospels, what's up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. L- l- let, me, let me dive in for yeah, one yeah, second, please. okay? This, so he, here's what I would say. I would say, and this is where we're having a free-flowing discussion here. I would say that evangelism is, in fact, intentionally sharing the gospel, okay? Yeah. But I would say that there are other things that are not evangelism that can still help people get towards Jesus, okay? So that's how I would define it. And I think, like, evangelism is, like, you and me, we're going out to uh, the beach, and we're going to walk up to somebody that we don't know, and we're going to say, hey, uh, can I tell you about Jesus? And can I tell you how you can get to heaven? Or there are people like Steve Zades, um, who uh, works on staff here, who is, like, a gifted evangelist. He goes out, and he says, like, you know, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen anything? And then, you know, he uses that to, like, lead people to kind of get convicted, and then ultimately says, you know, the only way to to, to, to be forgiven of your sin is, is, is through Christ. So I would say evangelism is actually like preaching and teaching the gospel, right? So, but I do think what you're saying is like that idea of like, well, people can be invited to church. People can be invited to, um, to like, you can have spiritual conversations with your neighbor and things like that. And that is in fact, like, there's a lot of other things that you can do. And I think that's kind of the point that we want to have with this conversation tonight is what are, all the things that we can do to really start having more conversations about Jesus in our lives. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I think that in my experience, it hasn't always, I haven't shared the complete gospel in every evangelistic conversation. It's kind of what I meant. So yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. So here's kind of what I want to like kind of, I guess, start with. Is, is kind of this idea, because I would say that there are probably, just assuming, like 10% of people who would say, I feel called to be an evangelist. Like, I feel called, and I just have this burden to preach the gospel to people. And maybe there's some people in here that right now you would say that. You're like, man, I, I want to tell people about Jesus. I, f- I feel like the burden that like, I have to preach the gospel to people. And then I think that there's a lot of Christians that would say, I, I really want to, um, but, but, but I just don't know how to, how to get that conversation started. And so he, here's what I would say, that like there are going to be moments in your life where you should do evangelism. 
if you go on a missions trip and, and the group leader says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to split up into teams and we're going to go out and we're going to preach, preach to Jesus or preach people about Jesus. Man, like, like you, sh- you should be doing that. Um, and, and, and if God lays it on your heart, like you got to tell people the gospel like right now, then you should do that. You should obey the Holy Spirit. But what I think is a lot of times people are just very afraid to actually even like get into that conversation. And what I would say is like, even like I would describe an evangelist as someone that uh, they, they're like, they have like a pickaxe, they have like a, a shovel and they're just like breaking up the ground. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times a person who has the heart of being an evangelist, like their, their ability to like just get rejected is like pretty high. They're just like, you know what? Like, I'm cool. I'll like, they have that heart of a salesman almost. It's like, man, I can just ask mm-hmm. questions and I can go for it. Some, some people don't have that. I don't, I don't really feel like I have that. I don't think I have a gifting of evangelism. Mm-hmm. But what I do have is I feel like I have a passion and a burden to invite people to Jesus. Yeah. And so what kind of the premise that I want to start off with tonight is this, like that maybe not all of us are going to be gifted in evangelism, but I think all of us have the ability to be able to talk to people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. And I do think it's easier than you think it is. I think it's easier than you think it is. And so, Jackson, kind of like, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. So, so let, me, let me ask you this, because I think you're one of the most best people at this that I know. So just share maybe a story or a couple things that you think about when you think about this idea of like, you know, I'm just in my everyday life yeah, yeah. and something happens and, and, and all of a sudden, like I'm in a conversation with Jesus. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think that as Christ followers, it starts from a place of um, asking ourselves and like, like all of us, like, like at this part of the conversation, is I think it's an opportunity for us to like ask ourselves some hard questions. Um, <clears throat> is do you care about telling other people about Jesus? Do you want to tell other people about Jesus? And um, do you care about the state of their soul before the Father? And so uh, I think that we we start there. And I think that. If you are asking yourself that question, I'm wanting you to ask yourself when you're saying, Father, search my heart, you might have Holy Spirit revealed to you that you at this stage in your walk with the Lord have yet to care about the soul of someone else. Um, You've yet to take ownership of that. And I don't say that in such a way of like, I'm angry at you or disappointed in you or God is, but that's the point of a night like this is like, so we can see like, whoa, like I, I want to grow here. And I think that if we're not in that place about um, taking responsibility um, for our part and our call and bringing people to salvation, then uh, I think we need to, in humility, cry out to God and say, Father, help me in this area. So I think let's start there. And then so with that. Yeah, I, I just, just to not move past that for just a second, I think that's so good. I definitely feel like there have been seasons in my life where I've just been honest with myself. And, and I remember like five or six years ago, I, I looked at myself and I was honest to say like, I, I'm not telling anyone about Jesus. And I haven't told anyone about Jesus in like a really long time. And I haven't even had a, a, a spiritual conversation with someone in a really long time. And I had to genuinely ask God like to help me do that. And I think that's what's so cool 
um, the, the scripture, anything that you ever hear in the Bible, like, is never designed for you to do it on your own. It's never designed for you to just try to muscle up in your own power. It's always God inviting you to walk with him. And so, yeah, I just think that's so good. And, like, if, if you are here and you're feeling that conviction, like, I think the first thing to do is just God is inviting you into a closer relationship with him. Um, one of the things that I love about um, uh, sharing my faith or talking about Jesus is uh, J- Jesus said my food is to do the will of my Father. There's something about that, that feeds your soul and draws you closer to Christ that you, you can experience God in a lot of ways. You can experience God through the word. You can experience God through worship. You can experience God through community. But you experience God in a special way when you tell somebody about Jesus. There's actually a, a, a special, unique experience you get with God from that. And so it's God inviting you to say, hey, I, I, I want to draw near. But please continue. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. I agree. I think that's really true. Um, so, so I think that the Father in, in his grace has extended to me a, a great love for people. Um, I am excited to talk to anyone. Um, and I, I think if I'm being completely honest, like I'm not even thinking about their soul necessarily. I'm just think I'm just organically like, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to connect with you. I'm excited to learn about you. And that is like not in my flesh at all. That's not any any strength of Jackson. That's that's grace that I believe that God wants to sanctify into all of us and, and wants to gift to all of us. And I think that when we evaluate our hearts before the Father, we see that maybe I don't care about someone's soul and I'm just not that interested in people yet. Or I'm just trying to be a polite person and not interrupt somebody, which I totally get too. Um, I think that when we when we grow, like we, we start our day with the fact of like, Father, you saw people, Lord. You saw people like Zacchaeus in a tree. And the crowds, you could feel when people would touch you, Father. Um, you, you, you saw people in pain and you had compassion on them. When people were talking, you heard what they were saying, Father, but I'm listening so good and I'm so led by the Holy Spirit. I hear what you're saying, but I can see inside your heart. Um, and so I think that, I, and that, that, when I say that out loud, that sounds like really crazy. Um, but the Father is going to take us to that place. We are people with the Holy Spirit, and it simply is just so simple and natural and true when we're listening to Spirit. And so I just begin my day, and, and as a person before the Father, I really love people. So, so we start with actually loving people and not viewing them as an inconvenience or an obligation or looking inwardly of, like, like how will I appear or what will they think of me? Yeah. So you're just loving people. You're having conversations. You're at Chipotle, and you're just talking to the, to the, to the person who's making your burrito bowl getting to know them, asking them what their dream is, whatever it is. Yeah, so, yeah. like, tell, tell, tell a story of, like, a time where you feel like that has happened, where you've just been in a conversation and all of a sudden, like, boom, like, you're, you're, you're talking and, and something. Because one thing, I'll, I'll let you think about that yeah, for a second, yeah. the story thing. But one thing, like, um, there, there's, like, a term in Christianity that's called, like, looking for, like, an open door. And yeah, um, yeah. Steve Zades, who he, he teaches on evangelism, he says, like, a lot of times we're not very good at like seeing an open door. And here, here's kind of the terminology I would say. Um, and granted, open door is like a biblical term, like the apostle Paul said it. So like, I don't want to be like, say it's like not good. Okay. Um, but I, I kind of like, like to think about it as like, I'm not really like, nec- 
sometimes there's an open door, okay? Like I was on a plane once and uh, a, the guy found out I was a Christian and he said, can you explain what Christians believe about the cross? That's called an open door. That's like, I literally am like, he's like, please tell me the gospel. Like that's wow, an open door. Okay, but the open doors are more rare. I think a better idea is like an unlocked door. Like I'm trying to see like, is the door unlocked? Is it like, is, is there an ability to continue to move forward? Because uh, sometimes you start a conversation and you're like, they're not interested. And like, you don't need to force it with somebody who's not interested. So yeah, looking for, you're, you're having a conversation with somebody. Sometimes it is an open door, but sometimes it's just like, I'm just kind of curious to see if this is an unlocked door. Are they open to talking about this? Oh, for sure. For so sure. what's, do you have a story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, like, be, because we have the love of the Father in us, we've had his love, and therefore we can be extenders of his love. Uh, we, we talk to people, and we engage them. And, uh, I, I man, someone's serving me or preparing something for me. There's so many built-in interactions we are forced to have with people. Like, I don't have to, like, go and interject and, like, interrupt somebody. And, and I, I'm willing to do that. I love doing that, too. But we have so many built-in inter- interactions with just this, whatever financial exchange we're doing and whatever we're purchasing. And it's uh, having compassion enough to ask someone, what's your name? How is your day? And just, just being genuinely interested in them. And you, you hinted at it. Uh, just something I find so fascinating to learn about people is you ask them, what do you love? And they're like, five times, or so, so often, they're like, no, like that's, so, that's an interesting question. Or what are you passionate about? Or what are you excited about? Instead of, so what kind of work do you do? Right? Because A of all, they might be doing their job. They're like, well, actually, I'm doing it right now. So maybe that doesn't necessarily work. Or if it's out in public where you don't know what they do, maybe they hate their job and you just ruin the whole conversation. You know, you, they, they, maybe people don't want to talk about work. So what do you love? What are you excited about? What are you passionate about? And like, it's funny, I literally use those three because anytime they ask me for clarity on the first one, I just give them the second one, which is equally confusing, you know? And then they ask for clarity again, I'll give them the third one, and then they, and they just send it, right? And so it leads to a very fascinating conversation. Light bulbs in their brain that maybe haven't been illuminated the entire day start going off, and it just goes to a cool place. And sometimes it doesn't go past that, and sometimes it does. Yeah, and, and that's something that I wanted to kind of like kind of swing the conversation a little bit too, because I do think as I examine myself, one of the things that I feel, uh, and I'm like, I think pastors, we have a little, like you guys in some ways, like if you work in an environment that's not a Christian environment, you have like a little bit of an actual more benefit. Like I literally have to go, like I have to figure out ways to talk to people who don't know Jesus because like I uh, work with like mostly Christians, I believe at church, you know, I, have a doubt about some of them, but I do work. Technically, they all say they're Christians. Um, and, like, I interact with people at the church. And so there's a lot of, like, built-in stuff that says, like, you know, like, like I know mostly Christians. And so uh, I have to go out of my way to say, okay, who are the people in my neighborhood? Who are the people at, at the coffee shop that I go to? Who are the people that are in my community? Um, and so you guys, you guys do have an advantage of that. But what I would say is... Um, one of the things that I feel, at least in my heart, is this pressure sometimes to, like, seal the deal, right? To be like, I got to preach the gospel here. I got to make sure they're converted here. 
Or another pressure is if I'm talking to somebody and they bring up something that's like ungodly or that's a sin, I kind of sometimes feel this pressure of like, I got to correct that. I got to make sure that they know where I stand in every situation. And I think one of the things that I want to communicate to you guys is like, our, our job is not to like seal the deal and save them, right? Like it's literally not. Even if you're evangelizing, it's not your job to save them. Your job is to share the truth with them. But I, I would say the two jobs that I have in any relationship is my job is to love them and my job is to speak the truth of the gospel to them. Uh, that's so key. My job is to love them and my job is to speak the truth, truth of the gospel to them. And so I just want to like remove the pressure a little bit from you that like you don't have to like seal the deal in every conversation. You know, you don't have to seal the deal in, in any conversation because ultimately the, the one who's going to seal the deal is the Holy Spirit. It's God. It's not you. So yeah, talk about that a little bit, Jackson. Just like, do, do you feel like not like how do you feel like that pressure or not having that pressure can, can be can be helpful yeah i mean scripture says that the holy spirit we are we ought not worry about what to say because he will give us the right words to say so so we're trusting him to navigate the conversation um where he wants it to go um it's our job to to check the if the door is open and it's our job to go as far as the will, uh, as the spirit is willing to let us go in, in some ways. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think that there, there's, there's two ways I think I would look at that. Um, the, the example I just gave you, that's more of an as I'm going about my day, just being willing and obedient to have a spiritual conversation and, and share the gospel and share my faith with somebody. That's just the attitude I think that all of us need to carry. And if you're like, Jackson's kind of like this like hippie guy or something that is like free loving and, and, and hyper spiritual or something like that. And, and I don't love people like, like, or something like, we're all commanded. Like, I just want to clear up. It's a command to love people, right? Like, like love one another. So, so we, we can't write that off as this isn't like gift of mine or something. You know, we have to be kind to people, and, and we have to engage people. It, that, that's a command, right? So it's not like, it's like, I'm not like that, or I'm not like bold or something like that. Let, let, let me go there with you for a second. But um, I would say in the as I'm going conversations, I just, I just don't feel the pressure, but I'm willing to, if that person's willing to keep going with me, we keep going, you know? However, like on... Um, uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, me and my students, we went to the beach with full-on intentional evangelism. Like, I am, like, going up to you, introducing myself. My name is Jackson. I go to church, and I am here just telling people uh, about the way of Jesus. I'm, I, I would like to have a spiritual conversation if you're comfortable with that, right? So, so I, th I think it kind of depends on the attitude and, and what the Father's called me to that day. I have this as I'm going attitude. I feel less pressure. But then there's some times where there are these, these specific callings, days, and opportunities where it's like, I, I'm putting, like, the Father has called us to this. We're, yes. we're going all the way. Yes. Like, we're not just, like, um, you know, just feeling this out. Like, we're going, we're sending it, you know? Yeah. And I would say, like, it's my personal conviction with that, that if I have, like, if I have a friendship or a relationship with a non-Christian, I want them to be able to have said of me, at some point, they told me the gospel. Like, 
Like, now, I'm not saying, like, that needs to happen in the first two weeks. But, like, I, I honestly, like, can say that that every long-term friendship that I have with somebody who doesn't know Jesus, like, I have told them about Jesus. I've told them about the message of salvation at some point. Because I feel like that is, like, my call to do that. And so, yeah, like, for sure, the the barista, like, we'll, we'll see how the conversation goes. Yeah. The, the, but the co, the coworker, like I, I want to talk to them and I want to engage with them. But I, I think with that, like, he, here's what I would say to that. Like I have, I was thinking about like two instances. Um, I, it was Easter this last week. So I invited several people to church for Easter. One of them, uh, is a guy that I have known for five years and we probably interact once a month. And I would say extreme. In the past, we probably interact once a month. I've probably talked to him about spiritual things two times during that year. And, like, he has, uh, he, he's really into, like, martial arts, and he's really into fitness. Um, so I, I ask him about that all the time. I try to learn more about what's going on with him and that. Um, he has, uh, he has um, like, a, a girlfriend, and, and so I ask him about his girlfriend or his girlfriend's with him, so we'll interact together. And then when I get a chance, I'll be like, hey, like, Easter's coming. I would love for you guys to come to church. And so uh, I'm, I'm looking for those opportunities. Um, but then th- another situation happened recently, and this was, like, really cool, where I um, was talking to the guy who, like, mows my lawn. And it was, like, the second time I'd ever talked to him. And I was like, what are you doing this weekend? And he's like, I don't know. What are you doing? And I was like, well, like, I, it's Easter. Like, I'm going to church. And like, he literally came to church and got saved because I told him I was going to church. Like, it was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah, it was sick. So, like, that's really exciting. But, like, to me, like, that, that it, I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was just telling him about, like, my life. And so I think that's something, like, I- I'd love to hear your thoughts on as well because I feel like, and you and I, unfortunately, uh, we're, we're old now. Um, we've been around for too long. We're, we're not, like, these, these youths sitting out here. Um, but when, when we were first, um, like, be, get, becoming in ministry, yeah. I think it was very, um, people were very, like, we didn't want to be awkward and weird about our faith. Oh, yeah. And and so, like, there was this term called, like, Jesus juke, where it was, like, you know, people would, like, take a normal conversation and, like, just, like, turn it towards Jesus, right? And people were, like, we don't want to do that. I don't want to be weird about it. Wow. And so, like, you know, like, even, like, pastors would be, like, well, I'm, I'm a communicator. Uh, like, I'm an artist or something like yeah. that instead of just, like, saying they're a pastor. So, like, I, what I have found, maybe that works for some people. Like, what I have found is, like, I'm more somebody that, like, I'm going to try to, like, sprinkle in a lot of, like, breadcrumbs into my conversation. And I do try not to make it weird. You know, like, I... I I don't want to be, like, pretty hot in here, you know, where else is hot. Like, I try not to do stuff like that, you know. <laughs> like, summer's coming. You know where I don't want to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, I try not to, like, do that stuff. But I, I try to just be, like, I'm dropping stuff. I'm dropping breadcrumbs because I'm testing to see if the door's unlocked. And if they're, like, if they, if they open up to talking about that stuff, like, I have a pathway. So what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's really good. I think that, you know, the practice of you're making investments. You're making investments, right? And, um, you know, like, like I've shared with you guys before in, on this conversation, just you can't make a withdrawal on, on a, an account that you've never made an investment into. So um, I think that you're actually really good at relational evangelism, which is not as much. I like that 
I never met you before, let's go there kind of person. But what I, I do want to just get, encourage you with and, and ask you a question on as well is like, I'm bad with re- relational evangelism. I'm, I'm investing, I'm investing, I'm investing. And I never have the next step of the conversation. Like, like I think that for some reason, I kind of have to just get right to it pretty quickly sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, so I'm turning it back on you. How do you make sure that you're just like not so nice and they've even learned that you're a pastor and a Christian and like you never went there? For, like like here, here's my fear is like that, that if you never go there with them and extend some sort of invitation, you've actually affirmed like that they're good where they're at in some ways. So how do you stop yourself from, I'm going to make an investment and investment and then the relationship somehow dies on its own and that you actually deliver the gospel or evangelism at some point? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think first off, like prayer is huge yeah. because I do pray for the people in my life that aren't Christians. And so I think that's like, first off, you're calling on God's power. And second off, it's bringing up that and p- keeping it in your mindset. Yeah. So I think that's a huge thing. Um, but I think at some point, like, I guess if, if I'm going to have an awkward conversation with somebody, sometimes I just like to be like, hey, like, can I, can I ask you like a really simple question? Or like, can I say something like, can I, can I ask you, can I tell you about my faith? Or so I just, I, sometimes I just say that, you know, yeah. um, or I just try to like figure out a way to like work it into the conversation yeah. of like, you know, but, but a good, a good opening question, if you're going to have a very serious, like actual evangelistic conversation is like, what are your spiritual beliefs or do you have any spiritual sure, beliefs? Sure. And so like, I, I think at some point I would just ask them, like, I would love to know your spiritual beliefs and then be like, I would love to also tell you my spiritual yeah, beliefs. Yeah. No, no. So, so, so I, that, that is the practical side of it. But what I see you being obedient in is you make the investment and then you engage the conversation. Cause in, in my weakness, and I think a lot of our weakness that we can relate on is we have a relationship with somebody that doesn't yet know the Lord and, and, and you're cool with them. There's investment there. You've been planning, but we risk not ever, ha- like, asking, so what are your spiritual beliefs? So how do you think that you've been obedient? And, like, I'm, I'm going to be obedient in this. You know, I, I, so, 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 yes, I, I think you've, you've been praying with them. You know, like, like, how can you shepherd us away from just being a friend from someone and never having the conversation? Is, is there, like, a line you draw, or, or is, it, is, it just, is it just hard to say? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I honestly don't think I'm like perfect at it at all. Um, I feel like, and I also feel like you, you, no one person like has the capacity to like, you know, share to everybody. That's why God, God calls all of us to, to, to be a part of it. What I do see is that I think God highlights specific people. And so I think as you're praying, God does put a burden on your heart for specific people. And I would encourage you guys to do that, like to to really be praying and asking God to like give you a specific burden for people and to give you like lay certain people in your heart. Um, Because there are just people, you know, we we can't we can't minister to everyone, but the Holy Spirit can does highlight specific people for us. And I just keep those people in prayer. And I do just keep trying to, like, talk to those people. But it's crazy, like, even just the stuff, like, if you follow people on Instagram and you post stuff, they see it. 
Um, there's opportunities like every year, Christmas and Easter are great opportunities. Every year, there may be a couple other times where you throw out an invite to somebody. Um, just, it just keep, I just try to, again, I just try to keep like, again, my job is to love people and tell people the truth about Jesus. And so I'm just constantly in my relationships with hopefully everybody, but definitely people who are not Christians saying like, how can I love you? How can I ask how you're doing? How can I like invest in you? How can I find out more about you? How can I be interested in you? How can I connect? My buddy who's uh, into MMA, like um, he, I found out he was really into like uh, cold plunging and I've been really fascinated by cold plunging. So we went and did a cold plunge on Tuesday and it was really wild and really good. But like, that's like, I want to connect with him. I want to, I want to get to know him. And then I'm trying to hopefully all these times like build this bridge. Cause I do feel like I do have a burden in my soul of like, I am called to preach the gospel to people. And uh, God said to Ezekiel, he said, like, you're, if, if you don't preach the gospel and they, then, then it's actually that your blood is on their, their blood is on your hands. But if you preach the gospel and they reject it, their blood is on their own hands. So it's, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a burden, I feel, that, and a passion for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think with that, um, like, let's not make this hypothetical any longer, um, from your perspective, like start asking spirit in this second to start showing you those people. You've made deposits, you've planted seeds, you've made investments, and, and, and literally start thinking about those people now as we continue in this conversation. You went down on some questions? You want to keep moving? Yeah, so this okay, one says, practically speaking, what is the balance between loving someone and just wanting to talk to them versus treating them like an evangelism project? Yeah. It's a great question. Yeah, that is, that is. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that it depends on the situation. If you have a relationship with them and you're going to see them on, in an ongoing basis, then you need to make sure you don't treat them like a project. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's cool you're asking that because that means you're the one that is ready to do it because you have a heart of like, I don't want to just like treat them like a project. That means you're actually ready to go do it to the, to, with that person. It's because then you're not going to treat them like a project um, with that. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Now, so why not have a relationship with someone? I'm caring about them. I'm loving them. I'm asking questions. I'm listening. I'm following up on the things they told me um, and things like that, right? So, so that's how I'm not treating like, them like a project. I'm having a genuine relationship with them. With people who, when, when we're going about in life and asking for open doors to actually share with people, that's what's interesting about treating them like a project. That, to me, is what's difficult because it really does feel like you're selling something. Like, you know, you talked about that open door. Like, my brother Joey, he is an evangelist, and, like, he embarrasses me so bad when we're doing evangelism. Like, I am so ashamed of him. Uh, but somehow he, he gets in really good conversations with people and does probably a lot more evangelism than any of us do. Um, but um, he'll be like, oh, hey, Red Sox hat, huh? Baseball. <laughs> what do you think about Jesus, right? And I'm like, whoa, you are the biggest imbecile ever. I hate you so much, Joey, right? And I leave him. I leave him. I walk away. I don't stick around. I don't even pray for him, dude. That it goes well. Um, but yeah, that's Joey's MO, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think that what I do to not make people feel like projects in that moment, because that really does, that's like a salesman tactic. That is like, and, and, and Joey's sincere, so it works for him. Yeah, and I would say, what I would say is there are people that are like, just called, like they are gifted, they're gifted yes, and called yes. to be an evangelist. Yes. And like, that is, 
again, that's that pickaxe, that's that shovel. Yes, it's breaking yes, up the ground. Yes. And, like it's planting seeds. Yes. So so because I am anti that clearly, but Joey's being true to him, which you need to be true to you and how God's uniquely designed you to show your faith. Um <clears throat> But, like, with me, because I hate that I'm going to come across, like, making them a project or I'm a salesman, I'm like, I'm Jackson, and I go to Calvary Chapel, and I, I, I'm just out here with the goal to have spiritual conversations with people, and I ask them, are they comfortable with that? You know, so at them, at them, they're not a project anymore. They're a person that I'm being sensitive to, giving them an opportunity to not have, to say, no, I actually don't. But what's wild is the disarming that happens with people. If if you just say, like, I, I'm, I'm out here because I like having spiritual conversations, are you comfortable with that? If you um, ask them for their consent, they're not a project anymore. You know, you, you've just uh, recognized them as a person um, and given them dignity. And, and, and it, oh, man, I got in so many conversations last Saturday. Like, and it not done a single one went bad. And it was such a blessing. It was so cool. Um, and yeah, so so that that's my heart and not treating like a project. I'm straight up quickly. I get right to it, but I actually ask for their consent. Yeah. And again, I think it goes back to something we've said before. Like, you don't have to feel the pressure to seal the deal or like say a specific thing. Um, I do want to share the gospel with people, and so I do want to tell people about Jesus. I do want to like, but but if 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 the if the door is open, if the door is open, I'm going to walk into it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's good. And then the other thing that I was thinking as you were saying that is, like, we got to realize, too, um, we are not the only one in the equation. And, in fact, uh, the Holy Spirit loves this person that we're talking to way more than we do. And so it's not like, oh, man, hopefully the Holy Spirit will help us. It's more like the Holy Spirit's at work, and we are kind of his little helper, just to be frank. Um, and so I think... God has put eternity on the hearts of every person. And so that, that's, that's biblical that God has placed that. And so every person has a longing to connect with God. Every person has a longing to talk, to talk about spiritual things. And so I believe that when you're having those conversations with people, you're actually talking about something that God has hardwired in that they want to talk about. Um, but, but a huge thing to me that I, I would say that's like, again, not making people feel like a project is just to communicate desire for relationship apart from like apart from the spiritual side of things and so it's like if if I invite somebody to church um I want to do a good job of following up with them afterwards and being like hey how how is your day or hey I'd love to connect and grab coffee or hey this or that um like even even with my buddy uh who who I've talked to uh, talked about a couple times um who who's into like uh like MMA and stuff like he he like, I invited him to church. He texted me back. He's like, thanks so much for inviting me. I can't do it. Then I was like, sweet. Like, are we still cold plunging? Like, that was just, like, a, a small example of, like, I, like let's, let's keep the relationship going. I'm not just interested in you because, like, I, I wanted to get you to come to my church. Yeah, and, and that, that reminds me of, of something that I, I try to do to practice that. If we agree to disagree or, or, or something like that, you know, that like, ah, I guess this is it for us. You know, this didn't work out and that's a wrap for us. Um, something I stole from you is I still invite them. Like, man, I, I think to invite someone to something that you really care a lot about is really cool, even if they don't believe in it. Because you care a lot about this community. 
Um, you care a lot about your relationship with Jesus. And something I stole from you in conclusion of the conversation, like leaving it in a very sweet way, is like, hey, like you're invited to the harbor on Thursday night and you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. And, and, and you are invited. So, so, so that, that, that's one way um, that I, I, I try to go about doing that. But if you've been bold enough and you've engaged and they, they've consented to engaging, and, like, mind you, like, I, I think that's good. Like, that, that's something that I've learned that works for me. So, so don't live and die by the, um, that, per se. As much as I want to say is when they're willing to, like, you see that they're willing to have that with you, I found it's really good to celebrate them and thank them. Like, thanks, you know, like, this is cool. We can do this because in our culture, like, you kind of, like, two people who believe two different things aren't really allowed to dialogue anymore. So it's just, like, already you're, like, celebrating them for consenting to something that's kind of intense to do anyways, right? Because you're already countercultural to engage them. And when they're willing to engage you back, it's like, hey, I respect you for that. Thanks. Like, now let's talk. A great question that came in. Any advice for evangelizing to someone who has suffered loss or is depressed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, um, I'll be super practical what I do is I, like, if, if they've lost a loved one, I ask them what their name was, what the person's name was who they lost, and I legit say, I'm, I'm sorry that they're not with us anymore. You know, we're so quick to, like, address, like, you know, like, in heaven there's no weeping, there's no pain, or, um, you know, like, God has a plan, God can work all things together for good, but we just got to stop and address the loss and hear about it and, and immediately start asking questions about that loss. Because if they're willing to go there with you, the spirits open up something cool. They have a wound that you've been um, given the privilege to hear and see and minister to. So you need to stop right there, and you need to listen and ask good questions from there. So those are the questions I ask is, um, I'm sorry you went through that. Like, tell me about that. Or um, I'm, I'm sorry they're not with us anymore. What's their name? Um, is, is, is some practical things that I like to do in those moments. Yeah, and, and I think that that brings up something that, honestly, like Sean McDowell did really good and he modeled for us a lot, was in all of these conversations um, he was having with people, he, he went out of his way to encourage them, to celebrate them, to ask questions to them, to really make sure that he was just honoring them. And each person does have the image of God in them. And so, I mean, I want to try to, to encourage every single person. I want to try to celebrate every single person as much as possible. And so uh, I, I love what you said. And, and I've, I've found myself, like, let's say if I'm in a conversation with someone, I remember um, I, I was uh, back in the day, I used to go to this coffee shop uh, before it shut down. And I got into, like, great relationships with a couple of the baristas there. And so after a little while, I did ask them, like, hey, like, you know, can I ask you what your spiritual beliefs are? They communicated that. And, like, one of the things that I wanted to say to them was, like, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. I know that's, like, a personal thing. And thank you so much for sharing. And so to me, like, any, anything you can do to just, like, communicate your appreciation for them which which and your your value for them i think is is really huge Dang, and what's so cool about that is i think satan's going to come and try to attack their thought life later of like why did i tell that guy that because the spirit was working in that moment for them to do that and satan's going to come and try and pluck that seed out but then when you've encouraged them and thanked them they that that assurance is powerful when covered in the holy spirit i, I think that's really cool 
Um, I'm, a question I'm seeing here, and we'll just hit on for a moment, is how to love a friend who is living a homosexual lifestyle while still speaking the truth. Love the heart. Totally understand um, that burden. Because I think that um, with evangelism, th- that's probably something that is a big hang-up for a lot of people. Whether they're heterosexual or homosexual, they're going to have friends and family who, who are um, wrestling with some sort of um, thing in their life or um, have questions or completely disagree, you know? And so with that, what my heart with that, when that does come up, because it does come up and it's important, it's sensitive, is that's not my concern at this point in our relationship, in this point in our journey together. Um, that is not priority at all. Because if I walk out of there convincing somebody to be heterosexual or homosexual, that wasn't my goal, that wasn't my aim, and that wasn't the win. My, the problem is not a sexuality problem that we have. Our problem that we have is a Jesus is my Lord problem and that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I don't care if it is heterosexual or homosexual. And I do just side note and asterisk and follow them up with me after your service. Sexual sin does uniquely sting our soul and pain us in, in unique ways. So I don't want to like act like sexual sin is the same as every other sin. But my point is in context to the conversation of evangelism and the gospel, we don't have a sexuality problem. We have is Jesus who he says he is problem, and we need to keep the main thing the main thing in the conversation with that, whether it's sexuality, whether it's um, even abortion um, or any other, like, really, really important topics. Now, um, I think, though, however, the Father can use those intense conversations, and it's not like you should blow it off either. There, there could be really cool opportunity to show people the heart of God, to show people scripture that doesn't return the void. So I'm not saying blow it off entirely. But uh, it is critical is that, I mean, who, like there's a lot of people who are pro-life that aren't saved and aren't, aren't going to be in heaven unless they know the gospel. So it's like, yeah, I mean, and, and sure, I want less babies to be murdered. Absolutely. And, um, but, but also remember, the goal is not to help them agree with you on those topics as much as it is we're winning their soul. And out of that overflows um, correct um, beliefs in, in these matters that the Father's already spoken about. Yeah. Feel free to disagree or, or make another point with that. Yeah, I think I think that's like one of those topics where I, <clears throat> let me make sure I phrase this correctly. I don't think that marriage According to the Bible, the Bible is pro-life, so it's not like a gray topic. Um, marriage, gender, sexuality, um, the Bible is very clear on what it says about that. Um, so uh, I, I believe the Bible is extremely clear on that. What I would say is, the que- again, I'm just, I'm just reading the question. Yeah, please pull it up for me. It's gone. How, how to evangelize someone who is living a homosexual lifestyle or uh, how to love a friend who's living a homosexual lifestyle while still speaking the truth. So I think it's kind of like you have to really be discerning about how the Holy Spirit is leading you um, because the question is, like, are you guys having a conversation about, like, what the Bible says about marriage, gender, and sexuality, or are you guys having a conversation about, like, the gospel, right? 
And like the goal, again, you can, there's plenty of straight people that are going to be going to hell. So the goal is not like we got to make people straight. But I think if you're having a conversation about what does the Bible say about marriage, gender, and sexuality, I don't think you should be like, ah, it's not a big deal. Like it's just, you know, it's because I think the Bible is very clear on that. Um, So I, I think that's without probably going deeper into it and being like giving a more like thought out answer, it kind of depends on what the, the conversation is. Yeah, for sure. But I agree. I think, I think the, I I still go back to kind of the two things that I, I've, that I've keep saying, which is my job is to love people. And my job is to share the truth of the gospel with people. And so I do have, um, a, a friend in my life that um, when I met this friend was gay and was not at all interested in Christianity and now is gay and is very interested in Christianity. And what I will say is like, I, when we have had our conversations, like I have been clear on where I stand, but I would say that's like, five two percent of our conversations or one percent of our conversations like i don't i don't feel the need to like bring it up every time like hey just so you know like just a reminder you know but but i also do want to like like as we're talking about things and like here's the thing about that specific issue like it, it like it's it's gonna come up like if you're talking about god and that person is saying like hey like i'm gay or i'm lesbian or whatever like like it's it's a thing. Like I don't know if you've realized this. Like that is like a huge topic. So like it intersects like the the like like the LGBTQ community and religion. Like that's a that's a big question right now. So it's like it's gonna come up. So I would be very clear about it. Um, but I would also talk about like I understand that that's that's a challenge. Um, I understand that there's a lot that goes on with that. And I do believe like ultimately the most important thing is is the gospel. And so I would I would continue to go back to the gospel. Yeah, yeah. It 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 depends on the yeah. conversation because. That could be exactly, like, like let's say they've never learned about any of the things that Scripture said on that. That could be they just swung it to the spiritual for you, teach them the heart of God, and then they're one for the Lord in that moment. So, so we just got to be spirit-led in that moment, for sure. I agree. Yeah, and, and um, I guess one, one of the things I think about with this, and we should probably think about wrapping up pretty soon here, cool. so maybe pick a couple, a couple more questions. Yeah. But one, one thing that some, Jackie Hill Perry said about this that I thought was really good is, like, you don't, you don't want to, like, act like it's not a like you, you want to be honest about where your church stands yeah on that. for sure um, yeah, yeah i mean i know like we've done stuff at the harbor i've done stuff out at in the main sanctuary about it and so even if yeah i mean you can like if yeah so yeah that's yeah agree that's, that's a hard one though that's a very hard one I, yeah. I i think again though to keep keep going back to it my job is to like love people Amen. and my job is to talk about the truth of the gospel with people and to be honest with where i stand about the word of god but i and i think you can do both culture says you can't do both uh, like, but, but you can do both. This is a good one that I'd like us to get to, yeah. but there are a few things I just want them to cling on in their brain in case we run out of time. Okay. Um, so, so like Brian's saying, I love that. I think that's where freedom lies is my, remember our job in this, our call in this, share the truth and love people. Say it again, cling to it, share the truth and love people. Right. I like to I I personally like I'm a fan of um, loving people and sharing Jesus. But either one, either one. Man, man, I'm I'm so overwhelmed by everything you talked about sharing the truth and loving people. Right. Cling to that. Remember that. Okay. And then, you know, 
you you got it. Your heart's good. You 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 remember those parts, right? You got in the conversation, the door is open. Like I think that two things I just I just want to walk away with, you know, when when we get there with somebody. Um is is I like to ask the question is what are your spiritual beliefs slash what do you think about Jesus? Either one. I go right for the throat with Jesus, right? But evangelists would like tell me not to do that, right? So so I, I go for it. I don't um it it works well for me. But if you want to keep it super open ended, then then what are your spiritual beliefs? Second thing that I cling to personally, right? So so I'm giving you four things really. Um is like what do you think about hap- like what happens after you die? What do you think about Jesus and what happens after you die? Loving people, sharing the truth, that's our mission. I'm on mission. What I am in it, I'm in it. What do you think about Jesus and what happens after you die? I think those are insanely good questions that'll open up a gamut of conversation. I mean, just listen really good. Listen really good. Don't wait to respond and think about what you're going to say. Be Holy Spirit listening in those moments. So I just wanted to make sure we, we got yeah. that, like something just super simple to walk away with. Yeah. All right. We're going to do two really quick questions. The first one you're going you're gonna to read for us because I can't unlock your phone. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, how do I evangelize to family members that aren't Christians? I'll let you answer it, but I would also say I think there there is a similar thing with coworkers who aren't Christians because both of those are people that you're in a long-term relationship with, right? So, like, if you go up to somebody at a gas station, you're like, I got to tell you about the Lord, um, you, you're probably never going to see them again. Like, if you, if you get into a really intense fight with your cousin, then, like, every Christmas is going to be like that. And if you go and get, go down some crazy rabbit hole with your coworker that sits in the next cubicle, it's like, it's intense. So long-term relationship with somebody, how do I share the gospel with them? Yeah, you know, I think that, man, when I was a nurse, you're with the same people for 12 hours. This is my context. So I want you to think about your context now. I want you to think about your break room. I want you to think about going to lunch together. The Thanksgiving table. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's right, that's right. In, or for families, the Thanksgiving table. Um, and, you know, be interested in people. Share with them about, or ask them about their life. And if they're half cool, they're going to also follow up, right? But not everyone has the emotional intelligence to even do that. From there, once I've listened, I'm like, all right, cool, I've earned the right. I'm going to tell them about my life a little bit now, right? And then um, I've, I've experienced that um, dialogue will happen from that, right? But I, I had this best friend on the floor in nursing, and we were bros, and I, and I pray for him regularly. And in the break room, we had a 15-minute break, and then we have 30 minutes at lunch. And just in our relationship and our friendship, because we actually cared about each other, even though he wasn't walking the way of Jesus, like, um, it just, it just, it just, we would talk about spiritual things often. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know how practical. I, I I think just look at the context with family. I I I got nothing. I'm so bad. I'm so bad with family. Um, yeah, my 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 brother who is one of my older brothers, I really look up to a lot. Um, he believes in Jesus, but he's not walking the way of Jesus. And because he's my older brother and and someone I always looked up to, I I struggle with that one, man. So <laughs> I'm gonna have you have my back on the family part. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately. I, I, this is my personal conviction is like, if I have somebody that's a close relationship with me, and I've said it several times, I do desire to 
at some point communicate the gospel to them if they don't know the gospel. And so I, I desire to do that. But I also feel like if I have done that, um, that I feel very comfortable just continuing to like sprinkle in breadcrumbs. So that's kind of how I look at it is like if I have a long-term relationship with either a coworker or a family member that like I want to I want to like just do a lot of breadcrumbs and I just want to do a lot of like like are you interested in coming to Easter? Are you interested in coming to Christmas? Like I was praying today. I this that you know just just like make it part of your your normal conversation. Um, let them know that you're a person of faith. Let they know that you're a person who loves Jesus. And at the same time, um, at some point, and, and in a long-term relationship, like, I actually think it's weirdly, like, like if, again, if you're on the beach with somebody, it's like the only reason you're there is to talk about the Lord. So it's like I am going to swing into the spiritual. In a long-term relationship with a coworker or with a family member, I, I would genuinely just tell them, like, hey, can I tell you, listen, this is something that's really important to me. You're someone that's really important to me. Can I t have 10 minutes to tell you what really what I believe and just share the hope that I have? And just, I would just literally ask them that. But if you've done that and, and the door isn't closed or if they're like, cool, appreciate you, keep praying for them, just keep sprinkling, you know? I think, I think if you, again, we're always, we've said this several times, open door, unlock door. If it's a closed door, don't, don't try to keep banging into a closed door because you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt the door. And so if, if it's a closed door, keep praying and just keep sprinkling and see what happens. Um, there's one question that somebody asked that I'm just going to address really quick. And then, uh, Stephen, I'm going to let you come up and, and, cl and close out in prayer and you can fix anything that we, that we, that we said wrong. Um, one question was asked was like, if someone doesn't believe in uh, the Bible, or they're not, they're an atheist, or they don't believe in scripture, should I tell them about scripture? My thought on it is, I won't, I don't like bashing people over the head with it, because I want to be winsome, but um, uh, the word of God is powerful and effective, and it accomplishes what God sends it forth to accomplish, and there actually is no salvation apart from no, hearing the words of God and the gospel, and so don't, don't be like, oh, they don't believe in scripture and then cut your, cut your knees out from under you. Um, like, uh, I've heard this illustration before. Like, if, if I have a baseball bat and Jackson's like, I don't believe in baseball bats, if I bash him over the head with it, it doesn't matter if he believes it, it's gonna, it's gonna work, right? <laughs> and in the same way, like, again, if we lovingly tell people about scripture, not bash them over the head with it, but the word of God is, is powerful. And it's going to accomplish what God sent. So that's my thought. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.